Welcome to Snack Circle. I'm Jordan. And I'm Marin. Grab yourself a snack and let's hang out. It's your first day of school. You're back. Back in your teaching era. It was just jumpstart kindergarten. So, you know, we're back at it with the kids. I had 19 kids today and their parents, though. So it was only half day, but I'm so tired. (laughs) I came home, took a little nap. I'm exhausted. Were the parents there all day? For three hours. Everybody was there for three hours. Can you explain what Jumpstart is? Is it at every school? This feels new. This feels Colorado-y. It, yeah. No, we we would have never pulled this in New Mexico. But it's like two days and it's optional because school doesn't even start till the 16th. So I'm like, this is real early for them to be coming. But they came today for three hours with their parents. And then tomorrow they'll come without their parents for three hours. And it went, I mean, it went well. I, you know, it's never that fun to, to speak with adults. It's been a, it's been a long summer, so... It was time. Yeah, it catches up. What was it like setting up your classroom? Do you like your new school? Uh, Did you meet your team? Literally, you're in your new room. You have the cutest little yellow dressers. Like, your room is so cute and together. Tell us everything. So, guys, I did move. We drove eight hours from Cruces to here and put Brie Lou in a cat tent in the back. She did fine. I didn't even drug her and she did fine. Didn't even have to give her catnip. <laughs> um, I a didn't even, tent. yeah. So I don't know like if I can even recommend this because I don't know how safe this is, but because she she just cries in her carrier. So I was like, I'm just going to get her a tent because it's so much larger. And that way she can like mm-hmm. walk around. She can like, I can put her bed in there. And she didn't cry once. Like she literally loved it. Yeah. And then like when we moved here, like the tent was up for a while and she would just sleep in the tent like she was obsessed with it so I feel like that's like a road trip hack she's like yeah she's like I love this thing and I was like what the heck um so she did really good in that and then we got here we unpacked everything we brought the trailer and Alanis moved in got all her stuff in here and we hit the ground rolling. It's really cute. We really like it. Oh, and you're on the third floor? Like, yes. Okay, so we had to move all the – it's like Pinyon 2016 all over again. We're going up the stairs. No. All our crap. Yeah. Going up those stairs. <laughs> we were, were so lucky there's a big elevator, and we're, like, close to the elevator. Because Lucy was, like, I was having stress dreams about – moving you in and out of Pisa and I was like I'm so sorry (laughs) I was feeling like we were back in those days of moving out yeah I'm like I'm so sorry um I'm also like Lucy you guys did stop coming after like my sophomore (laughs) year due to the stress of that (laughs) like we all all the sorority sisters had to be hauling my dresser (gasps) and my mini fridge in and out of these rooms yeah, because Lucy was like, I will never do this again. And I was like, oh, okay. Fair, fair um, <laughs> yeah, so thankfully, yeah, we had the, the elevator, so it wasn't that bad. And then we kind of hit the ground running. We did – I spent a week in my classroom and all last week getting it um, unpacked. Something that's very different is that when you leave a classroom in New Mexico, or at least in our district – you can leave one box of, um, 
like curriculum and then obviously the furniture like that you didn't buy that's all well in Colorado I guess you can leave whatever you want because there was so much stuff in the room and I have everything like I am fully able to stock an entire classroom so that was really stressful so it it took me like six days to make this classroom and like you know, I can make a classroom in New Mexico in a day and a half, honestly. Like, wow. I can crank it out. But it was really hard. So I met the new other kinder girlies, loved them. Um, we had been messaging over the summer and obsessed with them. And then we all were there for days and days and days getting it done. It was crazy. Wow. And, yeah, now we're we're ready and we're we're working, so – that was good. So was it like good curriculum she left? Like, did you, or he, I don't know who the teacher was previously, but did they leave good curriculum and stuff or was it all just older? Did you find any of it useful? Yeah. They left the curriculum, which, you know, they have to, but a lot of stuff was like not usable. Like Mm. just because I guess that teacher had been in there for like 15 years or something. Wow. And so I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, you know, you just rack up the stuff. Like even me being in my classroom for one year, like you rack up the stuff. But in New Mexico, it's like, well, you need to throw it away or take it with you. Wow. You know, like it's not like you don't get to leave it for someone. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that was a little different. Also, the Kinder Wing it like there's a door to the kinder wing, but the classrooms don't have doors. So it's like open concept. Uh, all three of our classrooms. Yeah. Wait, I need to look back at the video you sent me because I did not notice that at all. Yeah, I maybe you can't. Well, you can actually probably notice that there's not a, a door like in that video that I sent you. There's oh. there. I mean, there's a door to the outside, but there's not a door at all. It just goes into the hallway and then there's the other two classrooms. So that's kind of interesting. interesting. Yeah. That's going to be loud or what do you think of that? Well, I thought it would be, but then today, like we all had so many people, like I had 19 kids plus, you know, a couple parents for each kid and I couldn't hear the other classes at all. So maybe it it really won't, but it's just really interesting. I've never seen anything like that. So right here, is that where it goes out? Is there like a little hallway? Yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I like how it's not just like an open door straight into your class. Like people aren't just like watching you. It's more so like an entryway. I pictured it being just like an open door and you're just like standing there teaching and people can just like watch you. But it's a little more privacy, which is good. Yeah, no one could just watch me unless they like walk in the hallway a little bit. But but it it's going to be interesting because I've never taught like that. So, so yeah, we've hit the ground running. We're, we're started, um, last weekend. This is like, this is my last thing. So last weekend, my brother was like, come to Denver on Friday and we will go on, we'll go to the Rockies game. And I was like, okay. Like, and his girlfriend was in town. So he's like, you can meet the girlfriend. Like, we'll go to the Rockies game. And then we'll go out after. And so I called our friend Heather. And I was like, can I stay with you after? So Heather was like, yeah, I'll come out or whatever. So, and then the next day, we had plans to go floating the river with our sorority sister, Reagan. Because <laughs> she lives in Boulder. And 
no, yeah, Reagan. Um, and her boyfriend and like all the pals. So I went to Denver, went to the Rockies game with like Drew and like the baseball gang that still hangs and like his girlfriend. Well, we go out after and Drew's like, okay, well, Caitlin has the girlfriend has to go home tomorrow, like early. So we got to go. And I was like, well, I, I can't go with you. Like Heather has, Heather's picking me up from downtown. And he's like, well, we have to go. So he abandons me with like the baseball boys. And I'm like, hello. So me and the, and then they're like, let's location change. So then I'm like in the downtown, like clubs of Denver with like the baseball boys. And I'm like, this is not, this is not how I imagine this night going. First of all, like I'm not happy with how this is going, but thankfully Heather came and picked me up. And then the next day we go to Golden and Drew comes, thank God, because have you ever floated a river before? Yes, but it wasn't a good river. It was in Washington, which I don't know if that's the point of the story, but it was cold and lots of rocks. Yeah. Okay. So I've floated, but only on like, like a fun little float. You know what I mean? Like I've never, I've white water rafted, Mm -hmm. but I've never done like a floating event where there's like rapids and Drew had said, like, it's kind of intense. And I was like, well, someone that's coming, with, I don't know if I want to, like, expose her right now, but I'm like, someone that's coming with us can't swim. Like, one of our pals. I'm like, Jordan can't swim, so is a panic. I'm like, I also, I'm not a great swimmer. Um, and he was like, no, like, then you guys need to wear life jackets. Like, it's really intense. Oh, my gosh. And so I was like. Yeah. And so when we get there, I'm like telling Reagan, I'm, and Heather was there, like all of our friends, I'm like, it's, I think it's really rapid. And everyone's like, no, like, we'll be okay. Marin. <gasps> no one was okay. No, like we, it was so rapid. And what would happen is like, it spits you into these rapids and you're, it throws you backwards. So you flip over yourself and then you can't get back in the tube because you're like trying in these rapids. gone. So I, yeah. So I, thank God I never flipped, but pretty much everyone else in our team did, except for Alanis and her boyfriend who got a double tube. And I swear we're having such a different experience than the rest of us. Like they were like holding hands, <laughs> like literally like birds chirping, like seeing the scenery. And I am hysterically crying. Like Reagan's were you screaming, really? Heather's drowning. <laughs> oh yeah. I was so, I kept saying like, this is not fun. Like I'm so scared right now. Like I'm, I was, I'm still sore today. It's, it's Wednesday. Oh, like I'm. I think I bruised my tailbone. Like oh it was a disaster. Um, I mean, worth. I mean, it was worth mm-hmm. it. Like fun for the team, but no one knew what we were getting ourselves into. So that was like a real Colorado um, introduction. Bam! Welcome to Colorado. <laughs> this is not New Mexico anymore. Like you might have sat in the river in New Mexico, and it was brown <laughs> and two feet deep. <laughs> and barely moved, but hello, we have rapids. We got that snow glacier ice melting. Like, hello. Well, that's how. No, it was crazy. Did you ever float the Green River uh, in Washington? Like the river that we would take groups on? I never floated it. I've like, I stood in it once with you, but I never 
exploded. It like gets kind of intense at some points too because of all the rocks. Like it's pretty shallow at some points, but we flipped and it was so bad and we were all tied together. And so like, we we're just like being drugged oh. through the rocks. And like, when you go floating, it's like, oh, bring your drink. Like we're going to hang out. I'm like, I lost my Yeti lid. Like I'm being thrown around. I'm literally like hitting my head on the rocks as I'm being drugged by these tubes. I'm like, I'm going to die. Like it's not fun, but we should float the river in Texas sometime because I heard it's lovely. I heard it's just like you straight up chill. There's some river snakes, you know. No, I, I literally have no idea. There were kayakers. There was also people floating on air mattresses. <laughs> so it was it was like all it was like whatever you had at home. You know, you were putting it on the river. Just like let's all show up for a great day. We're gonna have a good day. <laughs> but anyways, that's been our adventure. Marin update us we have not heard from you in two weeks or no yeah Yeah. I don't have anything exciting to share about my life it's the last week of summer so we only have five days left of summer and then Nick is free from his 90 hour work weeks we get dad back I get my husband back and I am so excited this summer I I've said that I said it on my solo episode but this summer has been a lot better than last summer. Last summer was just like a combination of all the bad things that could happen. And it was our first summer, Nick's first summer in a new job. And I wasn't thriving. But this summer, I really, really liked it. And so I'm kind of sad to see it go. But at the same time, I'm excited for the fall. We're going to do a little family camping trip um, that first weekend that he's free, like after cleaning up everything and sending the counselors off, we're going to go to Gardner state park and just hang out with the boys. It's our first time tent camping with two kids or any kids at all. We never went tent camping when it was just packed. So if anyone has any tips on how to wow. tent camp with a baby plus a toddler, let us know. We are just going to be sleeping in one tent. Yeah. And just a little post-summer family time. So we're looking forward to that. Starbucks is coming out with their fall drinks. I heard August 28th. So mark your calendars. It's coming, you guys. It's coming. Do you like the a fall drink? Why well, only I do like the pumpkin cream cold brew. Mm, that is a good one. Like a tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so good. You know, yeah, and a little caffeine, you know. Every year on the day that they come out, I Venmo our roommate Dory so she can get one. That's so cute. <laughs> I've done that for years. Yeah, because we always would go. <laughs> You're on so the day. sweet. So we, so we, I also went and saw Barbie. Alanis and her boyfriend and I did. Barbenheimer, where you Barbenheimer. see them both in one day. How was that experience? Yeah. I did not do the Barbenheimer. So you have that perspective well, to share. Yeah. Thankfully, Drew and his roommates and his girlfriend had gone the weekend before, and they saw Barbie Oppenheimer. And he was like, that's not the that's not the order to do. Okay. Which I was like, because oh, that's what we had kind of planned on doing. Mm-hmm. Because he was like, Barbie's like fun and fast. And then they, like, went and had a few beers, and they went to Oppenheimer, and they couldn't remember who was who in Oppenheimer. <laughs> and he was like, that's not – like, there's a lot of people in it. Oh. We So we did Oppenheimer first, and 
yeah, you need to be present. You need to be in that. It was such a good movie. Loved the New Mexico shout out. Um, very sad that it was tested in New Mexico. And you you're know, like, uh, tough on the land, tough on the people. That was unfortunate, but we did get a movie. We did get a movie made out of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I do think we should have hint, like, you know, given a little bit of respect to the people that were affected by that in New Mexico. But okay. Um, but honestly, it was such a beautiful movie, really well made, very, very deep. Florence, like, if you've seen the movie, such, like, really beautiful, love it. Mm -hmm. Florence Pugh, like, didn't need to be naked for, like, as long as she was. And, like, it was very awkward. There were, like, multiple scenes where I was like, this didn't need to be in this movie. And, like, Hmm. when you see it, you'll know exactly the scene I'm talking about. And if you've seen it, you know exactly the scene I'm talking about where it's, like, oh, it really kind of – I really was taken out a bit for a minute because I was, like, what the – this is – like, I'm trying to learn about this bomb, you know? Yeah. So I felt like that was a bold choice. Um, But besides that, the – everyone was acting their little butts off. Like, everybody should get nominated for that. This quote that I guess Oppenheimer, he didn't write it, but he says it, that they play, like, when the bomb goes off. And it's originally Sanskrit, but it's, I am death destroyer. I am become death destroyer of worlds. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so good. Like, I was like, dang, that is crazy. It also made me realize I know nothing about it's I it's it's like quantum physics. Oh yes, don't know that. Mm-mm. And did not get my no, degree in I, that. Did not even take a single class about physics. <laughs> so what? Yeah, what's it like to have a brain that works in a scientific way like that? So is it about what is his role in making the atomic bomb? Was he like the project overseer? I literally know nothing. When people first started talking about this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was about the Oppenheimer brothers from, like, Selling Sunset. I thought we had made a docu-series about Jason and his brother. I don't know the other brother's name, but I was like, oh, Selling Sunset. I'm like, the, the, the brokers, true Oppenheimers. The brokers. <laughs> and then, nope, mm-mm, that's not what this movie is about. So not only do I not know Good. quantum physics, but I also am, like, ignorant enough to not know who made the atomic bomb you know it's really i'm a pacifist i really like to skip over those things so yeah i no i didn't know either like if you had asked me who made the atomic bomb i would have been like i mean you at least knew the the manhattan project when you talked about that the last time we we recorded i was like oh I didn't even know yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, but you called. know, New Mexico history, it's like the claim to fame. It's like the Manhattan Project happened here. It's like, okay. And like, yeah. what, Alamogordo or like Los Alamos? Uh, Los, Los Alamos. Okay. Which yeah. is like pretty close to where I lived in New Mexico, right? It's like an hour from Albuquerque. Yeah, it is. It's super And fun. I know a ton of people who work at the Pretty's lab up there. And But anyway, yeah. tell us, give us like a synopsis if someone's like never heard of this. What is this movie about? I know we can Google, but... So Oppenheimer, I forget his first name. They call... But during the film, they refer to him as Oppie, which I'm like, okay, so cute. (laughs) My new child's name. My next boy, Oppie. Kind of precious. Um, He was a physicist, but like specialized in quantum physics. And he was kind of the most promising young physicist 
physics, quantum physics mind that we had in America. But he was also very controversial because he was like maybe a communist, like would go to like very, very far left communist me- meetings. So once we hit World War II and like after, you know, Pearl Harbor and the Germans are, you know, freaking Nazis and just losing it. Mm-hmm. Suddenly we became very concerned that Germany had nuclear power because if they did, they would obviously use it for us. So it became kind of a race against Germany because Oppenheimer actually knew the top minds in Germany, like the top quantum physics physicists, because he had like learned with them um, in Europe when he was younger. So he was like, I think they could figure it out. Like, I think they could have it. So they make this project, the Manhattan Project, and they kind of reluctantly have Oppenheimer lead it because they're kind of concerned about his past in communism, but they're like, you know, he's the smartest guy. So he builds a town in Los Alamos and they work for two years and spend $2 billion. He recruits all of the top scientists in the country and they create that and bomb. And then it's... Okay, I'll be right back. Gotta look at the satellite. Yeah, go. <laughs> okay, that was crazy. I think it was Starlink. Have you seen the Starlink satellite? No. It was literally like 20, probably more than 20, but it looked like 20 satellites just like perfectly lined up. It's beautiful. Now I'm all spooked out because we were talking about the atomic bomb Then I went out there and saw that. I'm like, what's happening? No, terrifying. No, that is, no. If this, this movie makes you be like, sure, oh, nobody else has this because this is really scary. <laughs> this is not good. Anyway, okay, continue. So he makes the little town and he's testing out Yeah, the they bomb. make the Manhattan Project. They Yeah, they test it and then they're kind of like, we need to have it made now. But a lot of the scientists are kind of like, wait a second, like we can't actually use this on people. Like, is this, this isn't right. Like there's just a lot of drama and Oppenheimer's kind of like the whole time, like, well, we're not using it. We're just building it. Like we, it's not up to us if it gets used or not. Like the army's going to take it, but we need to build it before the other countries. Just to have Um, it. So everyone's kind of like, yeah, everyone's kind of like um, an anti-hero in some, in some capacity because they're all kind of villains, but they're all kind of just doing their jobs and they're all kind of everything. So they um, make the bomb, they test the bomb, and then obviously we know what happens because it does get used. And then that's really, really disturbing for everyone who made it because they're not soldiers, like they're just scientists. And then I kind of, so obviously that's all stuff we know from history, but then the interesting part is that it's kind of interspersed with this trial that Oppenheimer goes through because they try to get him for the communism. Like he went from like the most renowned man in America to kind of like a, like one of the most hated men in America because they dredged up his past. And it was just, it's really interesting. So I I don't want to spoil it because it kind of goes through how they, they kind of painted him as this, like he was on the cover of time mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like he's hated by Americans and he's evil and then he kind of goes back up and he's back down and it's like how America I mean how anyone like any hero can just kind of fall from grace and then we are so quick to cancel people and then pull them back up and then cancel them again. like when we need them so he just had a tough time yeah he, he had a tough time and 
Um, and he just had a tough time in general. Also, Albert Einstein is like in the movie. Is he really? And Who plays Albert? Who plays Albert Einstein? No, like I have no idea. Everyone's in this movie. Wow. The kid from like the whole movie, I'm like, wait, that's the kid from like the kid from um do you remember the Naked Brothers band? Yes. Like on Nickelodeon. Yes. Like one of those kids is on it. The kid from Sky High. The kid from The Boys, the kid from, I mean, these are not kids, they're like grown men now. Um, Josh, Josh from Jake and Drake and Josh. Wow, the no, Disney like, stars in really glowed up. Remy Malik. Roderick. Robert Downey from, Jr.? Um, Rob, yeah, he's a main, he's a main guy. Uh, Roderick from the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies in this movie. Like, everybody was in, every young man in Hollywood was in this film. It's a big cast. They really... Kept you on your toes. Yeah. Wow. So, so really would recommend. You have to see it because it's it's so, I mean, it's Christopher Nolan. So it's just like a, a feat, a cinematic feat mm-hmm. and, and really, really worth it. So we saw that. It's three and a half hours. So that's a long, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we switched movie theaters and went and saw Barbie. And that's what we're talking about today. It's the Barbie We're movie. We're going to deep dive the Barbie movie, just share all of our thoughts, the Barbie movie explained, because I know some people came out of that movie and they're like, what did I just watch? And so we're going right. to jump into it and share our thoughts about it. Um, I don't know that I will be seeing Oppenheimer. I know my limits and I don't think I could watch a three-hour movie about a bomb. That would be hard for me, I think. <laughs> it seems very bleak. It's long. It's long. <laughs> Maybe one day. I would I would like to. Just don't know if my uh mental capacity is there, you know? My mental health capacity. It's not for everyone. Uh you know, I'm more of the level of a Barbie movie, you know? That's my mm-hmm. although I was shedding some tears in Barbie. I, I didn't I don't think I cried. Maybe I cried at the end. Okay, anyway, let's jump into it. So first off, give me your rating. Out of five stars, what would you give this movie? Ooh, I I just asked Alana's my roommate, but we did out of ten. Oh, but okay, out of we five, can do 10. I mean Well, I did I did nine. Nine out of ten. Okay. I would say yeah. the same thing. I think there was only one scene in it where I was like, this is kind of cheesy and this like blah. Like I didn't feel like it was executed very well. And I was just like I'm bored. This is boring me suddenly. But it was really good. And it did so many things so well. And initially when I was thinking about this movie, you can tell me if you agree or if you have anything to add to this. But I was thinking that it kind of does like three things at once in this movie. So we explore Barbie land, right? And like just the world of like the iconic, nostalgic, like Barbie coming to life. And there's these really funny, quirky things like – Beach Ken being aware that he's literally just Beach Ken and like he's not a lifeguard he can't swim he just does beach and then like he jumps into the water and like has to go into the ambulance and like the doctor's like oh the water's not real yeah the water's not real and the water in the shower doesn't turn on like she like drinks her milk that's expired and nothing comes out and she spits it out you know And, like, when he goes and sees the doctor, she's like, oh, you're fixed. You know, like, everything that's, like, when you're playing Barbies, 
that was in the movie. And it was like, wow, this is just a shared experience. Like everyone who has played with a Barbie, like we know what's happening. Even like with weird Barbie, we're like, we all had a weird Barbie and we didn't know everyone else did. And it's just so real. And so there's that layer of it. And then there's a layer of like consumerism and like the Mattel scenes and like bureaucracy and all of that is in it too. And then you have this layer of the patriarchy versus the matriarchy, like this deeper third layer of like Barbie thought, like when Ruth made Barbie, she was like, I'm going to like teach women that they can be anything and I'm going to fix like the inequality in this country and that kind of goes back to that first layer yeah. where, like, in Barbie land, they really believe everything was fixed. But then there's, like, this reality yeah. of the real world of, like, where the patriarchy rules. And there's this parallelism between, like, Barbie is, like, the mm-hmm. matriarch. And there's, like, this extreme of, like, women only are in power. And then, like, obviously Ken is realizing in the real world, like, whoa, men? Men were in power here. And there's, like, this... <laughs> Men run the show. Yeah, men run the show. And so there's, like, this shift of, like, yeah, like I say, like, it kind of mirrors, like, how men are treated in Barbie land is how women have been treated for decades in the real world. In reality. Yeah, I love how you put that. So I was kind of thinking, like, and I think that when you go into the movie not expecting there to be those three layers, you get very lost because you're like, I thought this was just a joke the whole time, but now we're not really joking. And I think also in that reality world, it's like how we as people were affected by Barbie too. And we see that like through America Ferreira's character. So anyway, those are exactly three things I was thinking about. What are your initial reactions like when you saw the movie and as you were going through? I, well, I love, Greta Gerwig is my favorite director of all time. So every, I knew that that dialogue and like monologues would be super um sharp Mm -hmm. and I loved how it was so funny like because it it was like funny especially when they're in Barbie land like it's you're right that it's so real and like so realistic to how you play and then Ken just being beach like so funny but then like it would hit you with lines that were like so um devastatingly beautiful that you're like oh man like this is getting a little too deep and I I really I don't know I loved the whole thing but I really liked the end I mean like the montage of like the real women at the end I was like too much this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and Nick looked that up because Nick came to the Barbie movie too. And my brother, Andrew. And Andrew like was raving. He was like, it's winning an Oscar, like best picture. Like I, it's amazing. And Nick was like looking it up, like what the montage was. And it apparently was all like the cast and crew's home videos. Isn't that too no. good? It's too good for us. No, I'm literally sobbing. No, it was... You're so right that it was just really layered and like each layer was really interesting because it's like, oh yeah, Barbie was the first toy that told little girls they could be anything, they could have any job. They, you know, they don't, they're not only 
confined to like being a housewife or a mother, just only these things. Like they can do whatever and they can be a mother and these things. Mm-hmm. Like, But then at the same time, it also – there is a – it does promote like wild consumerism and mm-hmm. promotes this like insane stereotypical beauty standard for so many years yes. until just recently is when Barbie like kind of released the different body types and kind of different looks – so it's interesting because Barbie is at its core kind of a like a conflicting character. Right. Um, and I liked that they made that really clear. Yeah. Um, like she meant well. She always thought she would – I mean they always thought they were doing well. Yeah. And they go to the real world and they're so – and the little girls are like, you literally make people feel so bad about yourself. You're perfect. Uh-huh. And she's like, what? And she's like, Barbie is supposed to be like your friend. And like when Ruth Handler yeah. envisioned Barbie and like literally named it after her daughter, like she – designed this in a time where women really didn't work outside the home and their whole identities were tied to men um, and their husbands and they just didn't have anyone to look up to like you were saying and so it's funny that in the in this way of like creating Barbie and like inspiring women like go be doctors and like president it also created this really weird thing, like we're saying, of like the way she's made of like not really inclusive and not really representing more. Yeah, it's there's almost like an expectation of like, yeah, I'll, I'll look like this when I'm older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't want to look like Barbie. I was just like, someday I'll look like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, didn't really happen, but <laughs> you think? Um, yeah, I, I really liked how layered it is. It's really interesting to see how people have um like reacted to it it's very polarizing and I didn't think it would be and it's honestly kind of upset me the way that people are so quick to be like well it talks badly about men and I'm like how much in media are women made fun of like honestly like I'm really not trying to be rude but like I feel like we're kind of internalizing something where it's like, if that's your immediate reaction after watching this film is like, oh, men were made fun of. I almost feel like that was the point of the film. I wanted men to walk away from the film thinking, wow, is that how women feel? Instead of just thinking, wow, men were made fun of. But instead to reflect and think, oh, that's the female experience. I'm compassionate. Literally. And we're not yeah. uncomfortable. It that. should, yeah, it should make you, it should make you uncomfortable of our reality and and I do think that at the end it it was made super clear that like everyone was the happiest when they were working together and no one was getting like no one was getting trampled over or ignored like the everyone was the happiest when everyone had a voice um it reminds me of mm-hmm. like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote when she was asked mm-hmm. at some point like how how many women on the Supreme Court would it take you to be nine? And people are shocked, but there's been nine men and no one's ever raised a question about it. Very interesting. Like at the end it says, um, like Alan's like, Can I be on the Supreme Court? And they're like, Maybe one day. And it's like, Oh my, you're treating men so <laughs> bad. But then it's like, well, that's it's literally like that. reality how women are. 
<laughs> like, like, how long did it take to get a woman up there? Okay. <laughs> I think if men are offended by this movie, I think they should really reflect and think, am I offended? Because it's not actually a movie that's supposed to be degrading men. It's no. supposed to bring to light, like, you don't like it when you're pushed. So why are you pushing other people type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, when they first go to the real world and she's, like, instantly so hypersexualized and, like, so there's, yeah. like, and she literally says, like, there's an undercurrent of violence. Like, she can feel it right mm-hmm. away. It's, like, that's literally the reality of women. So you can, like, be mad about it, but it that is the reality. And so, of course, Barbie Land feels like a dream because it's like imagine mm-hmm. like imagine if there was no threat of violence because I've seen so many things that's like um even when the Kens had no voice there they no one was trying to like assault them no one was like they were never in any danger whereas in patriarchy like women are literally in danger all of the time like the minute they went to the real world she was in like physical danger like she was sexually assaulted like right away so yeah it's like that's the real world so I'm sorry that you're pissed at the Kens like we're being little cheerleaders on the side but guess what we're the cheerleaders like look at the freaking DCC like that's that's real you know in the world like it it can make you uncomfortable but if it makes you that uncomfortable maybe you're part of the problem there's there's a scene in Oppenheimer where they're like going to the lab and like one of the there's like a woman and she's like Oppenheimer like they you know I asked for a job and they said um I can be like a secretary because that's kind of what they would give like the wives of everybody and he was like oh like can you type and she was like no they didn't offer typing in my Harvard quantum physics degree and he was like oh shoot and so he like let her come but like they literally were like you can be the secretary and she was like I don't know how to be a secretary I know how to build a freaking atom bomb like she's like let me in the lab and like that's real like that's history it's not yeah like we don't make that up. That's always how it's been. I mean, obviously, like, we've improved. We get better. But we still have those problems. Yeah. So I think for people to be so upset, it's like, well, maybe. Like, if are men as uncomfortable with how women are being treated and being made fun of as they are about themselves being made fun of? Or how women are feel offended by men being made fun of in a movie? And, like, why is there this need to protect men from the same sort of social ridicule that women face. It's so true. Like, I don't think men, I don't mean, I'm like, you know, I guess it's a generalization, but you don't hear that about movies that, I mean, for so long, movies that have painted women in, you know, a negative light or like just, yeah, made fun of women, stereotyped women, or like entire movies, franchises where, there's like one woman and like two women never even speak together. Like how many movies don't pass mm. the, is it the Bechtel test? Like the Bechtel yeah, test. Yeah. How yes. many movies don't pass the Bechtel test every year? And like, we don't bat an eye. And then like we get one movie and it, everyone's like, this is so offensive. How dare you? And I'm like, well, and you know, remember transform like the entire Transformers series or like all the beginning yeah. Marvel movies, like, when there was, like, maybe one woman in the movie and she was just hot. Like, that's, you know, I'm like, hello? Every sports movie ever where it's, like, just the girlfriend? The the freaking Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> hello? Like, all these movies? Oh like, 
It's, it's not. insane. Let it be for the girls. Okay, so the, a reminder, the Bechtel test is a way of evaluating whether or not a film or other work of fiction portray, portrays women in a way that is sexist or characterized by gender, gender stereotyping. To pass the Bechtel test, a work must feature at least two women. These women must talk to each other, and their conversations must concern, concern something other than a man. The fact that we literally have a test created because films don't portray women as equals to men enough. I don't even think there's a phenomenon created for two men being able to talk about something that's not a woman no. in a movie. We would never – no, because men can literally – there's a movie of men talking about whatever they want forever. Like that's the film industry. <laughs> Hello? Like that's why we need Greta Gerwig. That's why we need – Megan, like yeah. Megan Park, and all these people, all these women who are like writing women's stories, like they need to be taken mm-hmm. seriously, and yeah, because if not, then we do get movies where there's not even two women that speak to each other. Hello, yeah, that's insane. And I hope one day these amazing women writers and directors can go on to make work that is just not even characterized by their gender. Like, isn't just like, oh, that's a chick flick or that's a girl movie. It's just a movie because there are so many men who make chick flicks, horror movies, you name it. And so I think we're really on like this like hill and we're like, you know, we've been working so hard to, like, get women in the door in these seats of, like, directing or even these bigger seats of, like, the Supreme Court being vice president of this country. And we're on this hill of, like, are we going to continue this movement where it's just normalized that women have these roles and men have these roles, too, and we're not so focused on stereotyping and sexism but people are just people and they are made with these amazing gifts and they can do their what they do with their gifts and it's not just constrained to their gender and their stereotypes and I feel like we're moving towards that yeah but when people get mad about the Barbie movie we're moving backwards I just I'm like let's just let it be let's move forward let's take it for what it is Maybe you don't agree with feminism, question mark. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I'm like, it's dark. <laughs> like, nothing bad happens when we treat people with kindness and equality and love people for who they are and realize that everyone has something to contribute to this world, regardless of their gender and how they show up physically in this world. Literally. No, it's like there's so many, like, there's so much media that comes out that is offensive, that is, like, violent, that is degrading. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are we getting stumbled up about Ken? I'm like, literally. <laughs> so then there's this really fun side of it of just, like, the colors. I heard that they – I read that they literally, like, ran out of paint in L.A. because they used so much pink paint yes. for this movie. There were so many good outfits of, like – the houses were actual houses that we played with as kids. There was Mitch, which I love my little Mitch Barbie and was kind of sad that she was made fun of a little bit. Like, I was like, oh, pregnant little Mitch, like the weird Barbie. No one likes a pregnant Barbie, I think they say. And I'm like, I was obsessed with a pregnant like, Barbie. I loved it. No skipper. Was there anything? Yes. I wanted, um, 
Kelly. I wanted mm. to see a Kelly doll, mm-hmm. but she did not make an appearance. Were there any other dolls or like anything that you noticed that you're like, oh my gosh, that is my childhood? I I mean, I feel like all of it. I like the car. Somebody, one of my friends had the pink like Cadillac looking Barbie car that she drives. So iconic. I mean, somebody had the dream house. I love how they even talk about how you never walk Barbie down the stairs. Like she just floats and like yes. she actually floated. Yes. Um, and oh my gosh, how the hospital like opens up. You know, instead of, like, it being yes. a real hospital, that killed me. Because, like, all, all the little toys open up like that. But I think what is the funniest is the weird Barbie. because And they become weird because you play with them too much. Because I stayed cutting my Barbie's hair. Like, I was yes. the one who was, like, I this Barbie would look so good with a pixie. And it's always, it's always so bad. Like it's it never looks quite right because you can like see their scalp a little. No. Yes. And I re- did. Do you remember in Rugrats when Angelica had a weird Barbie? Yes. Like that is what I live for. The fact that even like Rugrats was like Angelica's the kid that has the weird Barbie. Like what's her name? I don't and, remember. Oh my god. That killed me though because yeah everyone flew a little too close to the sun with one or two barbies and then like got in trouble yeah and do it anymore my mom's like please stop i always yes my mom was like you're ruining it cynthia cynthia the barbie and like when she's in the box in rugrats she looks so good but then angelica cuts her hair and she is weird barbie and America Ferreira, at the end, she's like, I had a weird Barbie. And she just goes, yeah, you did. <laughs> it's just, I love when people say stuff like that. Just, yeah, you did. I know you. You're just the type. Yeah. No, because we all did. That's like such a universal childhood experience to be like, I could make this Barbie look better. And then it's like, like significantly worse. And I always thought if I would cut her hair, it would just be like a cute bob. But I did not realize, like, the hair does not lay flat when you cut it. Like, it will stick straight out. And it's I'm like, like we're I using always, safety I scissors. Times. You know, we're like, oh, they're not yes. that sharp. Obviously, it's not cutting straight. Like, it was, it's so bad. And you, like, use marker to put eyeliner on her. You're like, I think <laughs> I can do a little extra. Especially after the Toy Story 2 movie came out and the doll, uh, like, refurbisher like is painting the dolls oh. I was like I could paint my dolls I could paint my dolls and make them look better I could yeah put some blush on them that's such a beautiful scene it, I feel like that scene like changed <laughs> children where we were like yeah no 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 we could do this to our toys even though that man is clearly a professional but we're like someone please get the Crayolas like we're gonna do something here <laughs> and the fact that she's always in the splits like, that's so real. <laughs> I would make my Barbies go in the splits all the time and, yes. like, do little flips. Because they, they really aren't that mobile of dolls. So you kind of only have, like, no. splits. Like, their their knees would bend a crack little. crack their legs. Yeah, you would crack them. Um, the arms would go up. <laughs> like, that's it. So the splits, it was one of the only things you could do. That's the thing that I feel like probably just goes right over men's head. They're like, that's, like, bizarre. And it's like, no, 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 this is... This is real. This is what we did. This, unfortunately, we this playing. is a, a universal experience of women. 
Um, so there was Weird Barbie, and she was so good. And Kate, I don't know her last name. McKinnon. Um, no, they spared no expense. They were putting people on this soundtrack. They were like, we're going to get Lizzo, we're going to get Billy, we're going to get Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice. Like, we're getting them all. Khalid, Dua Lipa, yeah. being the mermaid Barbie. So funny. And then um, Nick was talking, or not Nick, Andrew was talking about that there was a lot of, like, paid promotional, like the car that America Ferrera and her daughter drive in. It's like a Chevy. Like, they really put Chevy out there. Like, Mattel logos are everywhere. It was, like, really... Pushing. There was a lot of sponsorship. Birkenstock. Yes! That's and so I cool. feel like they were, like, able to get away with it. Like, it wasn't cheesy, but that's how they had... I feel like that's how they had such a big budget. Yeah. People were paying them. Everyone rallied to get the Barbie movie made. They're like, this has to happen. <laughs> like, some house Sign us up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was really good, you guys. If you have not seen it, it's really beautiful and good. Um, I did want to mention really quickly, like, the scenes with Will Ferrell. Because, like, personally, I love Will Ferrell. Same. And, like, something that I thought was really funny was that whole sequence of when she's escaping Mattel. And she just, like, jumps over the turnstile. And, like, they're trying to find their car key and, like, trying to get through. And it was a great, like, illustration of, like, bureaucracy. Just, like, cutting over red tape and, like, having to do the formalities to get things done. And, like, corporate America and, like... A 1,000%. How Barbie just, like lives outside of that and she's just like has this ingenuity and like they're just like stuck in their ways of like corporate america and like we have to have the key to get to the turnstile and she's just like boop i can do it yeah and it was like a really cute little nod to those things or like how all their cubicles are just like gray and they're just like very monotonous and like yeah so but then like the people higher up like have more of the luxuries in corporate America. And I, that was something I wasn't expecting was like just those little shout outs to those subject matters. I guess. Yeah. It was super layered. Like a lot goes on in the movie, but it all makes so much sense and it all ties together so well. Um, I do want to recommend on Netflix. There's this show that I love. It's like a documentary series called the toys that made us and there's an episode on barbie and it's the history like the whole history of how barbie was made it's probably like an hour long um okay. and it's so good like if you have not seen that show it's so nostalgic and funny but it's also just really interesting i watched that a while ago and i this made me want to rewatch it so bad because it's so interesting the whole history of how barbie was created and i mean they hit on it a little bit in this um movie but in the movie, I mean, obviously she lives in this Barbie world like no one ages. And for the first time when she first enters the Barbie world and Ken is off finding out about the patriarchy and she's sitting at a bus stop, she sees an old woman for the first time with like wrinkles and she sees people fighting and she sees them laughing and she's just like taking it all in and she realizes that she isn't comfortable going back to this world where everything is perfect. She wants to become real and like we mentioned earlier, that's when Ruth Handler tells her, like, being a human is really hard. Like, there's death. 
there's, it's just very hard and we have a hard time coping with those things. So we invent things like Barbie and the patriarchy to try to make sense of this world. And like, we don't know what our purpose is here. And um, I feel like the gospel was all over that, like standing with her maker, asking for what her purpose yeah. is. Like, you know, a real, the whole, what was real, I made you know, for? The gospel's written all over. Yes. And then Billie Eilish starts to play. And Ruth says something really sweet in that scene as well. And she says, we mothers stand still so our daughters can see how far they've come. And, like, I'm literally going <laughs> to sob. Like, that's the point. And, like, I don't have a daughter. Like, I hope one day I have a daughter. But if I have all boys, I still feel like that's very true. Because even now I feel like I stand still so that my boys can, like, have a great life. Because, like, when you become a mom, like, it's not just about what you want to do anymore. Like, even something silly as, like, I don't get to do the social things I want to do. And, like, I don't get to do the type of career I want to do. Because, like, I – these boys, like, count on me. And I just have to – it's kind of, like, just for a season, it's not going to be forever. But, like, for a while, I'm going to have to stand still. Like, Jordan was here. She seemed – you know, I kind of stood still the, a lot. Like, two under two the, You know, physically, <laughs> emotionally, like, you've kind of just – you become second in your life so that you can pour all your energy and love into these little humans that depend on you so that they can go become these great people and just love this, love people and love this world and do such good in the world. But you kind of have to stand still for a while to let them go. And I literally was like, we stand still so our kids can see how far they've come. No, literally the most beautiful that quote I was like no like that's that took my breath away because also I mean I'm not a mom but it just made me think of like my mom you know it's like yeah that's yeah that kind that hit me hard I was like man at the end she goes into the real world she's with the fam and I'm like she's about to march up to Mattel and be like, I'm here for the vice president position or something, you know? Yeah. And she's like, I'm here to see my gynecologist. And literally just the perfect way to end the film because they, oh, like, funny. joke about how, like, Barbie, like, doesn't have physical gender appearances, like, at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and then just for that all to be wrapped up at the end, I literally died where it's like, you know, even Barbie has to go to the gyno. Like even no, she funny. no woman can, can get away from it. Oh no. Like God. everyone make your appointment, get checked out, make sure you're, make sure you're healthy. Yeah, make sure you're okay. No, that was the best way to end it. I, I can't, it was to me, like this was the summer of the girls, you know, it, it, it was such a girly pop summer and this was just, like, a great way to wrap it up. If you haven't seen it, you need to go. It's And it's such a movie theater movie. You know, I wore my little dress with – my pink dress with cars on it. I was like, I'm a little car Barbie. Cute. I had a lot of options of what I could wear to this film. I, I yeah. made Alana's wear pink. She's like, I have one pink thing. I was like, wear it. <laughs> I honestly – I didn't have anything pink to wear. I'm like, I'll send you something. I was Adventure Barbie. Yeah. I just wear my Jeep t-shirt and my shorts. Too cute. And my I did wear Birkenstocks, which I thought was very clever of me. Yeah. I forgot that Birkenstocks were in this movie, but I was like, look, I'm Birkenstock Barbie. Mm-hmm. But 
It made me want to get a new pair of Birkenstocks because I've really worn mine to the ground. It's I been want those pink I ones. I want the pink ones she wears at the end so bad. Are they selling them? I have no idea. Probably. But they're probably sold out. We'll have to look. Yeah. Probably. I hope this episode didn't make anyone upset, but we just wanted to share our thoughts and opinions. Um, but I feel like I shouldn't apologize for my thoughts and feelings. Yeah. No. We said what we We're said. We're entitled to our own. <laughs> But hopefully your opinions don't cause hate and turmoil for others. Please. Okay. <laughs> Love you. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs>